Welcome to Crypto in Africa webinar, courtesy of Crypto in Africa and Bizin Africa. This session has been proudly sponsored by BitCasino.io in conjunction with Sportbet.io, the number one crypto betting casino and sportbook in Africa. Hello everyone, my name is Jeremiah Mahangi. I'm the managing director and founder at Bizin Africa. I also happen to be the co-founder of Crypto in Africa, a media sharing institution that is helping drive crypto growth in the African continent. And today we are going to be hosting a conversation on investment opportunities that are available in the African continent, most especially in the blockchain and crypto industry. And I'm joined by three very well knowledgeable speakers. Uh, I'll start off with uh, Adam Brand, who is the founder and the current managing director of Cryptocurrency Academy. And then uh, after that introduction from Adams, we are going to go directly to Regina Alango. And then finally, we are going to be uh, finishing the introductions part with JB, who is uh, Jonathan uh, Bozakwitz. So, Brian. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for the opportunity. Um, thank you so much, Reginald. Thank you so much, Bizin. Thank you so much, all three of you, for having me here. So, as for my names, I'm Brian Adams Greer, um, co-founder Cryptocurrency Academy, which is a platform that um, educates um, individuals, investors, and um, around cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, and um, we also help them source for jobs. We also help our consumers and businesses meet. So we act as an, an oracle. We provide education and we also provide jobs for our people, the people who we educate. And also we provide um, services to help people learn about <clears throat> new products in crypto. And that is why we have this partnership with, with Bizin, uh, which is quite amazing. So um, that is basically um, all about me. I'm also community manager at Coinmara, um, which is a new venture that I just got started in and it's quite interesting. I definitely look forward to being part of this, um, of this session. I look forward to bringing the best and I hope that whoever is listening out there will definitely ask the best of his or her questions since we have a really nice set of panelists who are ready to answer all of your questions in crypto and blockchain. So that is it from me. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Back to you. Uh, thank you very much, Brian, uh, Brian Adams. That's a very luminous introduction from your side. And uh, probably we, we will get to learn more about Coinmara and uh, Cryptocurrency Academy within the course of the session. So next on, we have Regina Alango, who is the Kenya Operations Manager at Vibra. Probably, uh, Regina, you can also introduce yourself and uh, you can tell us more, something small about Vibra. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jeremy. Uh, I'm also happy to be amongst uh, the panelists here this afternoon. Uh, just to go straight to the point, my name is Reginald Alango. My work is uh, to actually architect momentum for crypto, DeFi, uh, blockchain projects. It could be Web 3.0, even the metaverse within uh, the metaverse within the emerging markets. So I've been privileged to work with uh, companies such as Bizlato as uh, uh, the country manager. I've also worked with the uh, Cod Talk Foundation, 
worked with Soul Chicks and uh, done some consultancy work for different marketing agencies within the blockchain space. I'm currently the Kenya Operations Manager at Vibra. Vibra is uh, part of the African Blockchain uh, Limited, which is based in Nigeria. Uh, recently raised a pre-seed round of around $6 million to come up with Vibra, which is a crypto wallet for uh, the African market. So probably within the session, we'll have a chance to learn more about that. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you, thank you, Regina. It's a pleasure learning more about Vibra. Of course, I thought the pronunciation was Vibra, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy that you rectified that. So uh, next on, we have another guest by the name Jonathan Bozanquet. Jonathan is the CSO at Playable Games. So uh, what, what a beautiful name that is. So, uh, and we are going to be having him also taking part in this conversation. I'm sure uh, Jonathan is more of a, an NFT guy. He talks more of NFTs and uh, probably he will connect us uh, into that space within the conversation on uh, cryptocurrency investment opportunities in Africa. So I let uh, Jonathan to also introduce himself. Well, first of all, I want to just say, Reginald, I love both your haircut. That's a very good haircut you got there. And Thank I love you. that Thank shirt. You. And I love that shirt, man. I'm going to have to get a shirt like that myself. Thank okay, you. We need to get some shirts like that over here in Australia. That's fantastic. Oh, you, can only, you can only find it in Africa. <laughs> I know, I know. Thank you, thank you, JB. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, my background is um, we've started playable games just a few, like just over a month ago. And uh, we've had an extraordinarily amazing start. We've gone from zero to enough money to last two years um, with all of our staff. And we're currently building a, a gaming company, basically a gaming producer. And our goal is to fund PC-based games and bring them into the crypto market. And we're going about it a very different way to how most crypto gaming companies are doing it at the moment. They normally start with a very, I'll use the word basic game. Um, we're going the other way. We're making sure the games are proper PC-based games. So high, high quality, you need very good computers to run them and they're exciting to play. And we're going to bring cryptocurrency into the game without affecting the gameplay. And that's a very hard thing to do because it's, it's very easy to make play to earn games, but they're almost always terrible to play. They're more just like a job. It's like, you know, picking fruit off a tree for four hours. It's like boring. So we want to make games that are actually exciting to play. A, a game that you would pay money to play and then we're going to add cryptocurrency to it. So that's what we're basically doing. And we've just bought our first game. Um, it's cost us a lot of money, but um, we're currently now in the process of bringing that game's almost finished. And what we identified as a business plan was that there was enormous amount of game developers in the world, very high talent, very high skill, and yet they didn't know how to market and they didn't know how to raise money. And so we've done both those things. I've got a master's in marketing. And um, so the marketing side of it's okay for us. We know how to do that. 
and we also know how to raise money and we've raised a lot of money. So we're now going to take those two things and give, and find the talent and actually get the talent, the money and the market they need to get those games out there so people know what they are. So that's what we do. That's, that's my life. I play with games. It's great. Wow, wow. So uh, it's a mix here. We have somebody from an academy. We have somebody from the gaming industry. And we also have somebody from the, uh, from the uh, Vibra industry, which is uh, mostly related with finance and the likes and technology. So uh, guys, uh, so uh, thank you for the good introductions you have given out. So uh, we are now going to go directly into the conversation we are going to be having today. Uh, so the first question I think is going to be mostly uh, directed to uh, Jonathan because he's into NFTs and uh, probably Adams can also have an input on that one because Adams also talks about NFTs mostly. So uh, uh, Adams and uh, Jonathan, whoever would be okay with answering that question. When it comes to trading and uh, gaming, and mostly iGaming to be specific. So when it comes to trading, iGaming, NFTs, and uh, uh, cryptocurrencies to, uh, or blockchain technologies, are these the main uh, investment opportunities uh, that fall in the blockchain industry? And if these are not the only ones where people can invest into and uh, get some return on their investment, which other uh, opportunities lie within the blockchain industry whereby people can put their money into and get something in the car. So that will be the first question. Um Brian, is it Brian or Adams? Do I, is it Brian? Yeah, Adams, both. Adams, Brian. Okay. Adams, if you want to go first, mate, go for it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to meet you. And um, you guys are doing an amazing job. I mean, bringing so many opportunities um, in blockchain and I believe in Africa as well. You know, Anyways, back to the question. Um, well, I don't think um, there are very many opportunities that crypto and blockchain have, have brought about. Looking at some of the problems that um, crypto and blockchain technology and any other application or tools that are being built on, uh, on top uh, of it are bringing to, to, to the entire world. Right now, um, I mean, let's, let's just use a quick analogy. Some few um, years ago, it was really hard to send a billion dollars through, um, yeah, a billion dollars probably to your friend in Australia, right? From, from let's say if it's Africa, Kenya, I wanna send a billion dollars to a friend in Australia, it was really hard. But if you look at the opportunities that, that crypto brings along, it's actually quite easy to send a billion dollars worth of crypto to whoever, wherever they are, for as long as they have mm. internet connection across the world. So this is one of the opportunities and these opportunities can actually be presented to different ventures. It doesn't have to be on an individual level. It can be on a business level where probably if banks are able to leverage on a blockchain, probably build CBDCs, they can actually be saving a lot of money. Probably international companies. Let's talk of Hilton Kenya wants to send um, $100 million to another branch of Hilton in, other, in another part of the country. What actually happens? You find that it's actually quite easy to, to do this. So there are very many opportunities in DeFi. Probably if you, if you are into savings, um, you can definitely look out for some DeFi products that make sense, that resonate with you. And probably it's a, it's, it's a product that you feel will be doing well in, in the long term and uh, the long term basis. So as an investor, there are very many opportunities 
therein as well. Um, talking about what Jonathan was talking about in game five, I mean, just imagine, just just try to imagine. Think of Subway Sub. I don't know if anyone has played Subway Sub here, um, or I don't know which games you guys have played, but I will relate to Subway Sub. Now, imagine be, being able to generate revenue from Subway Sub, right? Being able probably to mint some tokens from playing, or being able to sell some of the things that you actually are able to unlock um, on your milestones in the game. Look at Pakistan right now. Most of them are the Philistines. Very many people there are actually earning a living from games such as Axie Infinity. So I think how we perceive money is changing because um, we are getting to realize or getting to learn what money is all about. And this is a topic that we normally gladly uh, take people through with Cryptocurrency Academy, just to have them what is to have them know what is happening in the line of money, that money is changing, the world of finance is changing, and the power to be able to print all the money that you want is being moved from some centralized people to some to all of us, right? Jonathan can create his own game today, or Jonathan can say, hey, I'm really good at building games, and if you want my service, you have to have the Jonathan token, right? And what opportunities does this bring to Jonathan? Jonathan is able to create his own value. He's able to monetize his own value in, in real time. And this can happen even in probably with companies such as Cryptocurrency Academy or Bizium. It's actually opening up how we see money, how we interact with money. And whenever there is such type of changes, whoever is first to come on board and at least build something out of it, they always succeed in the long run. So that is what I would say about um, that specific question. Probably Jonathan or Jeremy have something to add. Yeah, probably uh, Jonathan can add something. You know, uh, uh, actually, before other Jonathan say something, uh, there is a very important point that you have pointed out there. Talking of perception, you know, uh, people have always believed that uh, games should be played for fun. Uh, but it's the new world we are moving into whereby now everything you do should give you a return. So. Uh, that, that brings a very interesting conversation. And uh, I think now Jonathan can jump in and uh, add a point or two on that uh, question. Well, I, th I think there's, I mean, there's multiple layers to this. This is, cryptocurrency is enormous. And, um, you know, when I, like in Australia, we're right on the, right on the cutting edge of the cryptocurrency market. And yet, there's very few people that are actually in it, that are actually involved in a proper way. So most people in Australia would have heard of Bitcoin and Ethereum. But after that, the conversation starts getting really shallow. And, you know, if you start talking about NFTs or DeFi or even sending money around the world or even is cryptocurrency money, you know, people have very different opinions about what that is and what it means. So um, it's all very new. And I think one of the best ways to hold this in, in your head when you're thinking about it is if you come back, and, and I'm obviously from a Western country and I'm not from Africa, so I don't have the knowledge of Africa, unfortunately. I, I apologize for that. I've actually been Googling some things today to try and um, bring myself up to speed, but I don't actually know where you guys are technologically across how how integrated you are in australia we're like the very like america we're very much every everyone has a computer everyone pretty much can play a high level computer game um 
everyone has Zoom, we can all Skype. So we're very connected and in. And so cryptocurrency is the next step for us. That's not a problem. Where I think the, the beauty of what's happening with cryptocurrency is, is that countries that are not as far along as experienced, like well-developed Western countries are going to be able to skip steps. So banking is a really good example. Um, um, Adams was just talking about banking before, that you can send money. Our banks in Australia have been telling us for 50 years it takes three days to send money from one account to another account. Well, hey, we now know through crypto that I can send money to Russia, which is a banned country, India, which is a banned country, like they don't like doing transactions between them because the scam level is so high. Um, we can send cryptocurrency to workers that work there in three minutes, not three days or not three hours, but three minutes. And there's no blockages. There's no time delays. It's just very simple. And so um, all of a sudden, these lies that were told to us that it takes all this time to transmit money, there's no transition times. What was really happening was they were holding that money on the overnight market so they could make more money out of it. And them keeping it for three days gave them an opportunity to make more money out of it. So those um, opportunities for banks are closing out. And if I want to send you money, I can just send you money. And if we want to do business together, so I've got people that work for me in Russia, Georgia. Um, we've got people in India, New Zealand, America, Canada, like all over the country, all over the world, England, um, we've got several countries in Europe, um, no one in Africa yet, but I'm sure that's going to change. And um, to be able to pay people, we my, my son actually has a, a spreadsheet of all our employees each week, and he literally pays them all in crypto. We pay everyone in crypto, and um, then we have to remit that back through our tax in Australia. So we've actually got to do it at all, like the Australian government's very conscious of it. But banking's a really good example. In, in answer to your question with games, um, well, this is a brand new, a brand new area. And the, the most easy thing to um, do with cryptocurrency in games is when you have a game like League of Legends, which is a, a, um, a battleground game or a MOBA, um, those characters have skins. They change how the character looks. And in the past, you would pay, let's say, 10 American dollars to buy a skin. And the company would have that, you would have it on your character, but technically the company would still own it. And if you ever got banned, you lost the skin. So, or if you stopped playing, you lost the skin. So the first step in gaming is going to be all of those skins, all of those weapons, all of those upgrades that you find in the games will actually be um, made into NFTs, which are stored on the blockchain, and you will own them. So that when the day comes that you don't want to play this game anymore, you'll have a couple of choices. One will be, I might sell all my skins, and like my League of Legends account, I've, I've probably got, oh, I don't know, between two or $4,000 worth of skins that I've bought over the years. My World of Warcraft account that I played for five years, that would have had $20,000 worth of equipment. 
So they're, they're ways that you can actually cash out of the game. But you might be playing a game and you find a rare sword on the ground or in a, in a chest or as a part of a quest. And you'll be able to take that rare sword to an auction house and sell it in real life. And so this is where like countries that are coming into the more modern part of um, cryptocurrency are going to actually be able to play the game and profit from it. So that'll be really exciting. Yeah, it's really talking. exciting, Chua. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, that's really exciting. And you brought out another point that uh, very few people are currently engaged or involved or they have the know-how and the knowledge about cryptocurrencies. But I believe, uh, and uh, this is something we were talking about with Adams the previous time we were having another session that uh, it's going to evolve just like the internet. So uh, because in the ages of 1959 and, and back then, uh, when the, inter the internet was uh, an idea, people didn't yes. believe that it was going to be implemented or become a reality, but now everybody is involved in it. So probably five to 10 years uh, to come, uh, this is something that every a good number of the population is going to be uh, using. So, and uh, uh, probably to bring in uh, Regina Alango into this conversation, uh, Regina, from your side and from uh, your take, or what you take about this, how well now is the African blockchain industry best positioned for attracting investments in the blockchain and crypto? cryptocurrency industries. Are we ready uh, for such ventures? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, I would like you to pronounce my name as Reginald. You know, uh, Regina is a female, but the male version is Reginald. So if that is a bit hard, okay. you can try Alango. Alango would be good. So Reginald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Reginald. Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you. So I think I should be able to ask that question again so that mm -hmm. uh, when editing, there can be no uh, contradiction. So, Reginald, how well is the African crypto, uh, how, how well is the African blockchain industry best positioned for attracting investments in the blockchain and cryptocurrency industry? Are we ready for such ventures? Uh, thank you so much for this uh, uh, interesting question. And uh, I'll, I'll approach this question in a, a very different uh, way. One, we have seen a rapid growth uh, in terms of cryptocurrencies in Africa, that is in terms of trade. Like if you look at the report that came out around last year from Chainalysis, uh, it was reporting that we had a growth of around 1,200%. Uh, 1, so that already is an indication that uh, there is, or the, the adoption rate of cryptocurrency within Africa is rising. Actually, if you go deep, uh, if you go down and read uh, the report further, it will show you like some of the leading countries in terms of uh, P2P trading, because this is like one of the most common trading forms in Africa, that is peer-to-peer. -peer. Then uh, with this driver in terms, of, uh, in terms of the adoption rate within Africa, as has led to a lot of Africans to come up with products, a lot of uh, Africans to come up with uh, uh, probably you can say companies that can be able to solve uh, some of the solutions or some of the problems, sorry, uh, that majority of the Africans are facing. So what could be some of the, these problems that they are facing? It could be in terms of uh, payment, 
like uh, what Brian was mentioning, like uh, you want to pay from point A to B, and you know, like the traditional payment rates that we have, uh, some of these things may take probably a long time, but you have uh, the entrance of cryptocurrency where you are able to pay somebody probably in Bitcoin, probably in Ethereum or any other digital asset that is easy to use. Then the other thing is in terms of uh, remittances, we know how uh, the cost of remittances is high. So uh, this uh, cuts that barrier that was created uh, by the traditional payment rails. And now you have blockchain uh, technology necessitating some of the cryptocurrencies. And we have like uh, people making payments in terms of, or in such cases, people sending money, money back home uh, to their loved ones at a very uh, efficient cost compared to what maybe the other traditional payment rates uh, we, that we have. Then this has also attracted now uh, uh, what you call uh, uh, or brought inventions uh, to within the space in the African blockchain industry. So you are having like uh, people coming up with different products, like the company I work with now developing Vibra, uh, so that it can be easier for people to trade amongst themselves. Now, uh, one thing I want to mention uh, in terms of uh, crypto adoption within Africa or any other emerging market, one, you have to have a good product and a good user experience. Then education is the other point that we need to also drive across. So when you have like uh, a good product and a good user experience, then this is going to lay ground for entrance uh, into the mass market. So we will have many products coming in. So, and that is what we are actually currently seeing within the market. We can see a lot of people fundraising and, uh, and getting money to probably build products, build uh, uh, products that are going to help solve some of the problems that we have within the African market. Uh, thank you. Wow, wow, that's an interesting, an interesting uh, point uh, or points uh, raised in Medinad. So uh, Medinad has also uh, put forward some very important points, especially when it comes to platforms that can work well in the African continent, especially uh, cryptocurrency related uh, platforms. Like, for example, you talked about a good product uh, that has uh, some good user experience, and uh, then the company has to invest more in educating the public. And uh, this is, I know, something Jonathan is going to support because a good number of the people, the population, are not aware of what is happening. Uh, you say that uh, people know Bitcoin, people know Ethereum, but if you talk of Cardano, you talk of Litecoin, uh, people will be staring at you and wondering what we are talking about. So probably we can bring in uh, Adams into this conversation again. Uh, for the second time and ask you, Adams. Uh, now, talking of blockchain and uh, crypto industries, what are the top cryptocurrency investment opportunities that could work well in the African continent? Thank you, thank you, Jeremy. So there are many opportunities in, in crypto and in Africa. So far, I have been able to interact with um, a few people who are involved with um, the pay, pay, payments line. So people are actually building a way of um, you know, using crypto 
to build a network that can facilitate easier move, uh, movement of funds between different African states or African countries. So as of the moment, it's really hard to send money to probably Mozambique. It, it will take you three days, probably have high fees. So that is one opportunity that I have come across that they are building um, tools that can help facilitate these type of transactions. This platform is known as AfriX, actually works in a very interesting way. The other ones that I've come across is um, Afia, which is building or presenting African people with ways of acquiring crypto jobs or jobs in Web3. The founder is Eric Anand, a close friend of mine. They're doing an amazing job. The other opportunities I've come across is in NFTs. Very many African artists, musicians are moving into the NFTs line. I think they're starting to see the real value of the work, of, of, of having ownership of their work on the blockchain. And they can also be able to open up you know, they are work for other people to participate or contribute or become shareholders in one way or another. And it's actually quite doing well. I remember Jonathan was talking about, he's not very, very familiar with the African scope or the African systems. Well, um, if you'll allow me to educate you, Jonathan, Africa is well known for something we call leapfrogging, where we move on to new um, technologies without going through the existing um, protocols. For yeah, example, like, MSI was, was, sorry? Like telecommunications. Yeah. So even with, even when it comes to crypto adoption and blockchain, probably, uh, and, and blockchain solutions, you find that Africa has been tagged to be among the leading frontier in um, crypto and mass adoption. Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa are trading huge amounts of volumes, especially on P2P markets. Which brings me to another point on how P2P markets are bringing or presenting people with opportunities, you know, for through or act, through acting as on ramps and off ramps. And they always sell or buy crypto through the local currencies at definitely at a certain rate, which is definitely profitable. You find very many people are into it. I think Binance is reporting over, the last time I checked was over $600 million in a week. That is on the P2P African market. I believe right now it's way, way higher. And you find that this whole thing is kind of, as Jeremy said, back then in, in the 1990s, uh, you find that the internet probably wasn't so popular, but right now everyone is on the internet. It's the same, same way. For as long as there are people or um, individuals that are doing what is needed to help bring people on board, the opportunities will be more vi visible to the outside world. And at the end of the day, you find that people will start seeing value for, for themselves, that value for the work they do, for instance, Platforms such as Instagram or TikTok probably don't pay everyone for using the platforms. But I came across a, 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 meta, a meta version of Instagram. 
that actually pays you every time you make a post. Also, I came across a browser that is known as Presearch that pays you for every time that you commit a search. And it actually trickles down all revenue from ads from investors or from people who want to buy ads, etc., etc. All that value trickles down to the people who are using the platform. So there are very many opportunities, even in the line of work careers. I believe Jonathan probably Jonathan could be hiring. They could source for some uh, for, for some human resource from Africa, which we do have in plenty. Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, there are very many young, promising individuals. We've interacted with them as an academy. We've trained them. I think right now we've given jobs to about 10 people, those who we have trained. And it's quite, quite exciting. So yeah, the opportunities are there and they'll keep on opening up because we're still in the 2 billion market cap. We are yet to get to probably 10 billion, 10 trillion, sorry, 2 trillion market cap. We have to get to probably 40 trillion. And that is a long way to go. And very many opportunities will be um, presented for the entire world, not only Africa. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, uh, I, I like the points you, you are really pointing out. Very interesting points. And something again has come up from the, our two speakers, Reginald and Adams, uh, mostly talking about the growth and uh, that's a focus on uh, the growth rate in the African continent. Uh, Regina mentioned that it's around 1,200% uh, uh, growth rate in crypto. Uh, that's, uh, I believe, the biggest in the world. Uh, so crypto adoption in the world is in Africa is on the rise. And uh, probably we are now giving some education to Jonathan, who uh, mentioned that he wasn't very well informed about the African uh, uh, industry. Uh, Jer so, Jeremy, uh, can I interrupt you like a bit? Yes, yes, please. I just wanted to add one more point, probably uh, maybe it could help maybe a listener. But uh, in terms of opportunity, uh, there's also what you call uh, the dollar cost averaging. So this is mostly like a safer method of uh, crypto investing than probably buying lump sum uh, money. So you just focus on one key asset, then you probably set aside a percentage that you probably, if it is weekly, if it is maybe after two weeks or if it is monthly, you say maybe if your salary is uh, probably $3,000, you say, I'm going to take maybe 15% of that uh, uh, amount and I will be uh, putting aside to, on this uh, probably uh, digital asset. Uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's an interesting point. Thank you, Regina. So, uh, I think the next one is going to be uh, answered by Jonathan so that we can have uh, Regina joining on the question coming after that one. So uh, we've seen financial institutions such as banks struggling of late, and uh, this is why we are getting uh, a lot of pressure from the government because uh, of crypto adoption in most African countries. We have heard of people being arrested of people uh, being asked uh, to produce their phones and show the kind of applications they have on their phones. If you have a crypto wallet in your phone, you're going to be answerable for that. That was a, a point we got from our previous speakers from Nigeria as a case that was reported in Nigeria. So probably, Jonathan, can you tell us, uh, what do financial institutions need to implement or invest in so that they will not be affected by a mass 
adoption of, uh, of the uh, crypto channels by members of the public so that they can still retain their clients. I, I think uh, there is a point, a very strong point you mentioned that uh, uh, the three days delay in sending or receiving money uh, uh, to, uh, to from banks or from one bank to another or from one country to another one through a bank is uh, a manufactured uh, scheme by banks to try and uh, probably invest your money in something and get a return before your money is delivered to the recipient. So probably you are best uh, positioned to give us some feedback uh, on this one, and then uh, we will move forward. Well, I mean, like, as I said, I want to be careful what I say in the sense of I don't understand all the, the idiosyncrasies of the African market. So I don't want to put um, my foot in my mouth too much. Um, basically, what the world is experiencing right now is a, is a changing of the guard. And as in all times when power changes hands, the old power fights ruthlessly to shut down the new power. And this happens when countries fail and governments fail, and it happens when companies get taken over by other companies, and it happens when sports people get taken over by other sports people. When you see an old boxer who was particularly good when they were younger, and as they've got older, they've been dominant and they've beaten everybody. But at some point in time, there comes someone younger, faster, stronger, who can beat them. And the old one doesn't just surrender, they fight to the death, to, or in sporting death, they, they fight to maintain their dominance. And we're seeing this now with the banking industry. The banking industry is fighting to maintain its control that it's had for centuries. And it's changing. We don't need the banking industry anymore. The technology is here right now. I, I hear you guys talking about things that, um, you, like leapfrogging is a really good thing. And obviously, um, I'm aware that with telecommunications, for example, um, a lot of African nations are going to totally sidestep what we had, which is called landlines. They're telegraph poles right through the, the suburbs and everyone's telephone goes through them. Well, you're able to just go straight to mobile phones and, and just not have landlines. It's a huge saving in infrastructure cost. And so it's very good for the country. Well, the banking system is obsolete now. It doesn't there's no need for a bank system. There's already things out there right now. There's, there's like, a, if you can lo load a MetaMask wallet on your computer, you can receive funds from anywhere in the world. And as long as there's a central government approved exchange that you can put your cryptocurrency in and that approved exchange will allow you to bring that cryptocurrency into your local currency we'll call use the word the proper word fiat f um f-i-a-t so a fiat currency as long as your government will allow you to do that you can pay people within minutes anywhere in the world and the payment of people is just the most simple version of what crypto can do and what with, with reginald and adams have both touched both touched on this where we are right now is the year 2000 in internet facebook hasn't been invented yahoo is just 
coming into its dominance. Google is brand new and hardly anyone knows about it. Amazon is a joke. Nobody thinks Amazon will succeed. Um, Apple has not invented the iPhone. Microsoft still has the best browser. Like the world's a different place. 2000 was, was prehistoric compared to what we are now. And that's where we are right now in crypto. It is prehistoric. We are in the baby steps of crypto. And what the uses of crypto are going to be have not even been dreamt of yet. We're just at the very beginning. And all the good things, all the exciting things are coming. So getting into this space now, getting educated, if, you, if your listeners are are thinking, gosh, how do I get into this space? I get emails every day. Hey, can I come work for your company? What do I need to do? That's the wrong question. I, I'm not interested in hiring people to, to help them grow into a person. I'm interested in hiring people that already can bring benefit to my company. So the question you have to ask as a person wanting to get into this industry is, what are the jobs in the industry? Well, you need programmers. You need, you need people that are creators. Like... I would perceive from my position here in the Western world, looking back, like I see that shirt that Reginald's wearing, and that's a very easy concept. That's not readily available here. If that was readily available here, I would buy, I would buy it. I love that. I think that's a beautiful shirt. And look at my boring business shirt that I'm, like, you know, that I'm wearing. But if, if someone set up an online shop that used cryptocurrency to buy that shirt, then now I don't know what your government laws are. I've read that a lot of I read that Nigeria banned most cryptocurrencies and they're trying to control it very, very strongly. So I, I'm not sure whether that um, article I've read is up to date or whether Nigeria has changed their position. Um, any government that bans crypto is going to lose out long term. It's like China's just banned Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin didn't even hiccup. Everyone thought it would crash Bitcoin. It didn't even make Bitcoin sneeze or have a hiccup. It was just business as usual. All the miners packed up and took their money elsewhere. And China just lost all that access to the, not only the money, but the technology. Because the, the Bitcoin miners are on the cutting edge of the technology. So, um, and we're just moving out of the phase now where governments are stopping the lies that, it's expensive and it's environmentally unfriendly and all these lies they've been telling about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin uses less electricity than toasters do in the Western world, but no one's calling for toasters to be banned. No one's calling for my mobile phone to be handed in. My mobile phone uses more power than Bitcoin does when you multiply it out by the millions of people that use mobile phones. So no one's calling for mobile phones to be banned. They're only calling for Bitcoin to be banned or it uses too much, it uses the electricity of a small country. Well, yes, so does toasters, so do mobile phones, so do microwave ovens. But we're not asking for those things to be banned. We, we love those things and so we, we want them. The only reason people want Bitcoin banned is because it's threatening a, a, a dinosaur industry that is used to having its own way all the time. And until the, the industries adapt, and bring crypto to the people, well, they're going to have trouble. So it's, um, but I, I, I think there's amazing opportunities in, in crypto for Africa. And yeah, the leapfrogging thing is a great one, but the payment stuff, that's just all baby stuff. We can, we can do much better than that. 
with um, crypto. That's just that. That's an easy one. That should be that should be done tomorrow. If the governments would get out of the way and allow you to do it, you could all the technologies there right now to do it. The, there's no reason you can't do that tomorrow. The government must be someone standing in the way, stopping that happening. Exactly, exactly. And uh, just a point from the, uh, from your talk there is, uh, and uh, from everything else, from everything that Medina uh, has said, uh, from what Adams has said, and putting all that together, I can clearly say that uh, crypto is the future of the fintech industry. And uh, now, what uh, they can do if they cannot fight them, then they should join them. So. Yeah, and just to bring you up to date with what is happening in Nigeria, uh, Nigeria recently approved their uh, country's uh, central bank digital currency, CBDC, and it's now functional. And uh, uh, Kenya just uh, announced to members of the public through a white paper to bring in their views on the possibility of uh, implementation of uh, CBDC in Kenya. And uh, I know Tanzania are taking the, the same uh, look into things. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that more countries are going to take the same route in the coming days. So that is what is currently happening in the African uh, blockchain industry and uh, most uh, specifically with the uh, CBDCs. And uh, uh, now uh, let's bring in uh, Regina again into the conversation and uh, probably he can give us some feedback on this one. So, Regina, what do you think now that, now that uh, uh, I believe that uh, the industry cannot be killed easily? Uh, these are very industry, an industry that has been built on trust. And that is why it's uh, hitting. There, there are no intermediaries in between. It's just between you and the receiver on the other end and the computer probably as the only medium. And the computer does, doesn't change anything. Uh, therefore, the, the blockchain is all uh, built on trust. So probably, can you tell us now, um, is it high time for governments and government officials to start getting enough knowledge or skills and learning about this? And then they can pass on this to the public because I know if they learn, it will be very easy for them to educate the masses. Unlike people having to go to YouTube to search for uh, tutorials on how this is done, probably we can even introduce a course down at the university level to introduce or to, to train students on how they can do mining, on how they can do uh, investments or trading so that they can help themselves. You know, people go to the university and some of them end up doing courses that do not help them in the, in the long run. But this is something that at the end of the day you learn, if, if you're going to learn to be a good trader, at the end of the day you're going to make some money out of it. So is it high time for uh, governments and uh, government officials to learn and then pass this knowledge down to the uh, public. Regina. So, so that is a very interesting question. And uh, I would actually add to what uh, Jonathan was saying, uh, speaking about financial institution. And the same could also uh, replicate to the government. You know, I, I personally believe the government can only provide a conducive environment for probably some of these uh, projects to thrive. Like when you have a new innovation that is coming up, then uh, it probably it is the duty of the government to probably provide that a good environment where such innovations can probably thrive. So if you don't have like a good environment uh, where maybe some of the fintech uh, projects or startups 
or even the blockchain uh, projects to thrive, then you will have a situation where uh, some of these projects basically die down. But one key concept that we can learn from Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of, uh, of Bitcoin, when you read his white paper, you see what Bitcoin actually brings is financial freedom. So that freedom uh, to an individual, you know, it fights the status quo because the government would want to control. But you have a situation where uh, you have a financial system, in quotes, that is totally independent, totally uh, decentralized. So this uh, kind of system gives anybody uh, anywhere an opportunity to do what probably they can really want to do. So in, in, in terms of them probably coming to maybe learn, maybe I, from my side, I would say this can be an individual uh, decision for them to do that. But uh, we can also say that they are probably listening and learning. Uh, that is when you look at um, probably countries like Kenya, uh, Ghana, uh, Nigeria coming up with the CBDCs. So when they come with uh, such initiatives, then you know that uh, indeed they have listened, they have probably researched and seen the trend that is actually happening, that things are now moving from uh, what we used to normally have to a new system. And if probably they don't uh, maybe get on board, they, they, they will be left, left out because you can't control uh, Bitcoin. You can't control probably some of these cryptocurrencies, just as uh, Jonathan has said. So we've seen countries like China trying to ban, but nothing has happened. So uh, the part of education is being taken uh, over by some of these probably you would say enthusiasts. You have seen like companies like Crypto Academy uh, founded by Brian uh, doing such a good job to educate the masses about this. So I, I believe we should not wait for the government to sit, but if we have the right structures in place and uh, probably some of these companies coming in and seeing that uh, for us to penetrate this market uh, probably in, a, in the best way, where we, we, we educate the masses on the right kind of in investments so that they don't fall into scams, then we need to educate uh, these people. And that is why if you look at each and every project, you will find probably something like an educational arm. Uh, probably uh, maybe it, it can be a blog, it can be videos that has been put aside uh, simply for the educational uh, purposes. Uh, thank you. So thank you very much, Reginald. Uh, very interesting points there. So uh, for our listeners and our speakers, uh, just a reminder that uh, this session has been sponsored by Biz in Africa in conjunction with uh, sportsbet.io and bitcasino.io. These are the number one uh, crypto betting platforms in Africa right now. So you can take some time and check out their website, sportsbet.io and bitcasino.io, and probably place a bet there using your Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, ETC, and probably you can be a winner at the end of the day. So uh, to proceed on, um, uh, now this will be an open questions, uh, an open question uh, to our panelists, and then uh, we will now open the floor for one or two listeners to send in their questions so that we can address that to the panel. So uh, 
probably what are the major challenges facing organizations in the crypto industries that may be see that may be uh, seeing investment opportunities in Africa already. So these are probably uh, some of the challenges that investors out there may be seeing in the industry, especially in Africa. So probably Adams can jump in and then Regina, and uh, we can uh, give uh, Jonathan uh, also some time to have a say on that one. Uh, but uh, it's basically a question about some of the challenges that our investors may be facing, especially those who are looking into investing in Africa. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. Man, um, this session is going on well. I'm loving it here. So much information being forward to whoever is listening and to me as well. I mean, I've, I've gotten to learn so much from Regina, Jonathan. And I'm also excited to educate whoever is listening. Yeah. So back to your question. Some of the challenges probably most people face is first, lack of information. And we all know that it's important to get to learn about crypto through the most appropriate channels, making sure that we can mitigate certain risks that may come along through the learning process, which is very normal. For example, for me, I think I've lost a lot of crypto through the learning process. And my team and I, or people like Jonathan, people like Reginald, and many other people out there are constantly publishing or letting people know of what is happening, what to check out. So to, me, to mitigate such type of challenges, it's always important to get involved with such type of communities, maybe online communities, maybe offline communities. That would be great. If you're in Kenya, we have crypto tours in partnership with Bizian that are running. The last one was quite amazing. People came, it was fun. It was quite engaging. And actually it was nothing like I've ever seen before. And a big thanks to Bizian. So if you hang out with such type of people, you are able to mitigate certain type of risks that come through the learning process. Other type of challenges could be on probably the investor side of things. Information fast is necessary. Things like regulations can also pose a challenge on cryptocurrency, and techn uh, cryptocurrency technology. We've seen what central bank has done a couple of times. So Right now, banks cannot touch any transaction involved with crypto in Kenya because of what the central bank or the statement that the central bank issued. Um, this can be a big challenge to investors, probably somebody who wants to invest a lot of money. And they hear that, you know, central bank of Kenya isn't certifying it, especially for the millennials. But the young generation right now, people are putting a lot of money into crypto. Somebody is putting probably the DCA te uh, technique that Rona, uh, Regina talked about. People are actually using it. I believe you too, Jeremy. I mean, also Regina, you're definitely having, you do have your portfolio, probably that you set aside certain amount of money every month into different aspects without um, giving attention to the price of that specific asset. And probably this is for five years. 
this is a plan that you have for five years and five years down the line this narrative or your narrative will have changed so with big investors you find that they may shy away due to the regulation that is um, available another challenge could be probably being able to secure huge amounts let's say you have 100 million Kenya shillings or let's say 10 million dollars and you want to buy crypto instantly it could pose some form of challenge because probably there are no avenues for such type of bulk transactions that could be another challenge so i will i will keep it at those three education regulation and being able to access um information yeah i'll let the other guys come in and i believe they shed more light on this end yeah, thank you very much, Adams. Thank you. So probably because of time, I can see we only have five minutes. I will ask the panelists to help us in, in answering one of the questions that have been uh, asked by one of the listeners, because Adams has uh, clearly clarified uh, the question that we asked uh, previously. So uh, this is uh, William who is asking, uh, uh, how can I grow my crypto startups in Africa? How can I grow my crypto startup in Africa when the governments are yet to be fully in support of the crypto concepts and industry in general? I was uh, having another conversation previously with Tioma Agbo uh, from Nigeria and, uh, uh, and her colleague Victoria. Uh, and one of the points they said was that, uh, of course, the governments are not yet fully in support of this. They are just looking for means uh, to uh, monitor, watch over the industry and uh, do everything that they can in their power to see maybe probably the industry follow or get uh, something like that. So probably uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, are the governments in support? And if uh, the, the directive that came out from the CDK probably is an example that we can uh, go by. Uh, does this uh, give an avenue for those who have startups like William to now start promoting their entities or their companies and start uh, looking for clients or uh, it's just a scam from the other side? And how can he grow his, uh, uh, his uh, company when he's not aware if the governments are fully in support or they are just saying? Mm, so I, I can try and tackle uh, the question that has been asked. Um, I, I've just read the question and I was uh, thinking of uh, a situation I saw sometime, I think two weeks ago, uh, there's, uh, a, uh, there's somebody I know that also created uh, a platform or a startup and uh, he went uh, to the government offices, told them what they do uh, is because it is crypto related and uh, uh, actually, the, he was told that uh, that is going to be criminal because you are going to facilitate uh, money laundering. So, what? what how, uh, so, how do you proceed from there now that you are told uh, you, you, your startup cannot probably work here? But I, 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 I believe uh, that when we are creating products, uh, we can also probably uh, liaise us with some of the lawyers within the crypto and blockchain space to see how to uh, navigate some of these situations. I know there are very good lawyers in Kenya who probably have done, uh, who are good in the crypto and blockchain space, and they can advise in the best possible way on how to approach uh, uh, such situations. I'll also throw another one that probably, it, I, I may be wrong, 
But we have seen situations where people are forced to register their companies uh, in other countries that probably allow for such uh, regulations. So somebody can register probably in Dubai or maybe in the United States or something like that. So uh, that is how I can uh, respond to that question, unless uh, maybe Brian or uh, Jonathan can add something. Well, I think I, I, I think one of the problems is if the government is going to criminalise new industries because, like, the the... I laugh when I hear this is the money laundering. Oh, you can use this for money laundering. Do, does anyone know anyone who needs money laundered? I don't know anyone. I don't deal with criminal organisations. Um, none of my friends know criminal organisations. Criminal organizations. This talk about you know laundering money and all this, this is just what we call smoke screens. This is old industries trying to stop new industries from coming. There's, there's very little money laundering going on in crypto. And before crypto, money laundering was done in US dollars and in Kenyan dollars and in Nigerian dollars. If, if someone wants to launder money, they'll launder money. And using the excuse that it's going to be laundered in crypto is just nothing more than an excuse. And you need to hear, like, I, I, I don't know your your governmental policies and i certainly don't want to get anyone in trouble and i don't want to make governments angry i know governments you know for the most part want to do the right thing by the people and they want to help the people get further ahead well this industry is coming and it's coming in a storm and it's going to if you think of the most massive storm you've ever seen and if you stand on your front porch and say go away storm go away you're illegal it isn't going to stop the storm the storm's going to come and the governments are going to have to learn how to deal with it. And the best way to deal with it is to say, well, do the people want this? And you know, in Australia, we've had the similar sort of things. You know, five years ago, they were saying it was money laundering. And then they said no one's interested. And now they're finally realizing, well, everyone's interested. No one's money laundering. And it's actually going to be a new technology that's going to come. So the, the most important thing people have to understand is you, you've got to... If the if the government won't support you, you can't put yourself at risk. So you, you're going to have to find either move somewhere where the government's more supportive. And there's thousands, well, there's only 200 countries in the world, but there's hundreds of countries around the world that are supportive of crypto. Um, we're, we're about to open a company in Dubai for the simple reason that Dubai is now starting a fantastic crypto hub where they're absolutely supporting crypto and putting in the best internet and the best facilities to make crypto um, the hub of their, their society. So like countries that do that are going to attract, obviously where, as I said, Playable is going to put a, com a company over there. Part of our company will be in Dubai. And that's to get access to those brains that are going to be, all the best brains in the world are going to be going to Dubai. I want to hang out with them. I want to go and have coffee with a guy who's solving problems. I want to have coffee with a girl who wants to create something new. I don't want to be told, oh, it's illegal. No one's allowed to do it. I want to get on and do it. Let's go create something. Let's make something magnificent. Let's change the world. Let's make it a better place for everyone. And this technology has the ability to do that. So, yeah, I'm just I'm passionate and excited about what's coming. And um, I hope the governments can see that, you know, this is, 
this is a way to join the world together. And the old borders that used to exist between countries and people, they probably won't be there in a few years' time. We'll be able to just conduct business seamlessly around the world. And you know, for Africa, being able to leapfrog that and to literally be able to sell product tomorrow to Australia without any boundaries whatsoever, and America and Germany and Russia, and you'll be able to do business with the whole world. And that's going to be fantastic for you. I'm excited exactly. for it. Exactly, exactly. Let's make it a better place. That is uh, how Jonathan uh, puts it. So uh, just taking you back to the topic of discussion today and from a point and get, uh, picking a point from what Jonathan said that uh, uh, on investments, whereby uh, we are trying to see how we can get investors investing in the African continent, especially in the crypto industry. And uh, he has given an example of uh, Dubai, which is uh, supporting crypto startups and organizations. And uh, probably Jonathan uh, and uh, Regina and Adams, uh, this is something that more African countries need to implement because we need these investors. I don't think these investors should be running away from Africa or saying that we cannot in, uh, invest in Africa because of the regulations there which do not support this. And, uh, and uh, something also very important came out that people have always been doing money laundering, even with the Kenyan ceiling, even with the United States dollar. So saying that uh, crypto is an industry for these or people smugglers or people who do money laundering, is something that needs to be investigated. I'm not saying that it's not happening, of course, it might be happening, but that's something that needs to be supported uh, with evidence and strong evidence indeed. So uh, probably this uh, should bring us to the end of the session. However, I will give each speaker one minute at 60 seconds to give in their closing remarks and then we'll finish uh, this session that has been very interesting. Thank you. So can we start with Adams and then we go to Regina and then we finish with Jonathan. Just 60 seconds. Um, I think that at the end of the day, we definitely have to understand a lot of things. Um, right now we're understanding money. Probably next we'll be able to understand governments. <clears throat> Most of the countries out there are using uh, a sort of democratic um, way of leadership. And through this, it means that the people actually get to elect one individual who will probably do some business, create some business ties or create some partnership with other parts of the uh, other, other countries out there. And Jonathan said that probably a time will come that these borders will no longer be there. So if there will be no need for borders, then there may be no need for this type of governments where we choose one person. Well, this is a heavy statement, I'm certain, but this is what is very likely to happen. That people will start using the decentralized ways. If you want to build roads, people come together, create a fund or a pool, hire their best in, in, that, in that specific community, hire the best person that they feel could be able to do this job, fund him and create roads, right? So we are moving from decentralized um, structure from a centralized structure to a decentralized one where by decentralizing means that every person has a decision to make and every vote heavily counts to whatever cause 
that these people decide to take. So this is happening. We are here to educate, show and guide anyone who's willing the way. You have to come with a lot of passion though. We always try to check how passionate you are before we commit because it's, it's work. It's a lot of work. And to be honest, for most of the people that have come into this space and have given it time and have matured, they are not the same. Look at Jeremy, look at Reginald. So many people in Africa who came into crypto like five years ago, right now their lives are fully changed. In terms of financially, the type of connection they have, the type of people they are talking to, the type of knowledge that they have, it changes a lot. Anyways, um, to end my statement, as for me, I look forward to a, a more liberated world where every decision counts, where everyone in, is involved with whatever is happening in one way or another. And yeah, I see this future coming and it will come through crypto and blockchain. So thank you so much everyone for listening and thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you so much, um, Jonathan. Thank you so much, Reginald. I'm really happy that I got to meet you all. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much, Adams. Uh, uh, for those closing remarks. So Adams represents Coinmara and Cryptocurrency Academy. So we move to Regina. Your closing remarks kindly in 60 seconds. Uh, thank you uh, once again. I'll, uh, my last remarks will actually go to probably those who are wondering how to probably invest, trade uh, in NFTs and any form of cryptocurrency. You know, one of the biggest challenges for investors is not getting caught up in the hype. So that is something that we have to mention. So the first thing I would mention is that never invest more that you, than you are willing to lose because we all know that uh, this is a, a highly vol volatile market. So it's best for you to invest that which you are willing to lose. So the, other, the next one, number two, would be do your own research. Don't trust anyone when it comes to investing your money. So when it comes to doing your research, make sure that you check the website or the project on the website, check the white paper, uh, check if the team is doxed. You know, the, the term doxed we normally use to uh, mean if the team is available online. So if you can't find the team on the website and on the white paper, what you can do is check on LinkedIn if they are available there and uh, have a look at uh, some of the team members, what projects they have done before, before you can be able to trust uh, uh, your money with uh, probably some, some of these companies. Then the last one would be never be uh, act on FOMO. You know, we say fear of missing out. So there's a hype that a new coin has come out or a new token. You know, people are speaking about Shiba Inu, Dogecoin, or probably Floki Inu, and you are saying that you don't want to be caught in, you don't want to miss out in such. So it is best to, to put your money on something that probably you're willing to lose, such that in case uh, the market is volatile, you can say, well and good, uh, uh, I tried my best. And uh, lastly, I would speak about uh, uh, the African market. And we are seeing a lot of startups coming out. We are seeing a lot of uh, uh, crypto and blockchain companies coming up. So ours is to urge ourselves that we may come together uh, educate uh, the masses, 
You know, this is also a form of education, uh, what you guys are doing. So I believe it is going to reach to a lot of people at some point, uh, probably if now. And uh, we will work together probably in partnership with also other companies to see how we can uh, bring more adoption of cryptocurrency uh, within the African market. And uh, Jeremy, my last words is that uh, probably after the call, you can connect us to probably uh, Jonathan. Uh, we see how we can interact more. Thank you so much. Exactly, exactly. I'm going to do that after the call. I'll send each one of you contacts to Jonathan. I'll send you contacts to Adams and I'll send you contacts to Reginald so that we can continue with this conversation even after this session. So that has been Reginald from Vibra. Uh, which is a, a, a channel which helps people to learn, trade, and invest in crypto. And previously, we had Adams, of course, who is from Cryptocurrency Academy, an institution that is helping people to learn more about uh, crypto in Africa. And he also happens to be uh, one of the founders of CoinMara. So now we will uh, move to our next guest, who is uh, Jonathan. So Jonathan, kindly your closing remarks in 60 seconds. Okay, well, thank, thank you for having me on the show and great to meet you, Reginald and Adams and uh, Jeremy, of course. Um, look, I, I think there's two segments there to talk about. The first one is that the, the opportunities in cryptocurrency allow the small person to invest in big things. And traditionally, in the financial markets, small people had trouble investing in big things. So it was expensive and it was hard to get into and it was over-regulated by the government. And it's, it's always been hard. Whereas now you can literally invest $5 into, or $1 into a cryptocurrency and it can go up a thousand times. So if you get, if you actually get the right investment, then, and by the word investment, I don't mean an investment as in you're actually investing in something that's going to always have a result. It's, it's actually more in the gambling side of things, but you can actually at least add, add some education to that gambling and ask yourself, what does this company do? What does it represent? And what's the chances of it going up? And some companies have a lot better chances than others. And if you do your research properly, and Reginald very rightfully, rightfully so pointed that out, you know, do your own research is a, a mantra and, um, you know, we, we always say, you know, be, be paranoid in this space. Everyone is trying to steal your money. It's a very, very good thing to, to be. But um, the, the other side of the coin is not just the individual. It's the, it's the person trying to build a company. And if you're going to build a company in crypto, and having just done that, and I failed in crypto too. We, we launched an NFT project last year and it didn't work. And we lost $40,000 trying, you know, it was a, it was a hard lesson. But um, you've got to solve problems. You've got to ask yourself, what problem am I trying to solve here? And this is exactly the same question you ask with traditional companies. And the way you work out what problem you're solving, you have to understand how everything works. So you've got to educate yourself. And if Adams has got the facility and Reginald have got the facility to supply education, people have to go and get that education. You've, you, there's no use saying you want to be a doctor and then not going to medical school. You've got to go and learn to be a doctor. 
because you can't be a doctor if you don't know how to do it. If you want to solve problems in the crypto space, you got to learn about crypto. You got to learn, start with the very basic things, how to transfer between two wallets and then learn what those wallets are. Like, you know, even today, if you know, I answer questions in my discord, people say, oh, but you know, is, is my cryptocurrency stored on my wallet? No, it's not stored in your wallet. It's stored on the blockchain. Your wallet's just a key. Your wallet's just a way you unlock the blockchain to get to it. So you've got to learn how all this stuff works. It's complicated. It's hard. But a little bit at a time, step by step, and complex things can be learned where they're second nature. So that's all, that's all I'd finish on is that you've got some great educators here. Lock into them. Learn from them. And, you know, I... I I'd, got educated late in life. I got my master's degree um, this last year. Like I've done five years of study and uh, became, got my master's in marketing. And I was already good at marketing before I got my master's, but I went back to get the qualification because the qualification opens doors. And um, that's the same with cryptocurrency. You got to know what you're talking about if you want to open doors. So go get educated, go learn about it. So very nice to see everyone. I really appreciate your time. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you very much. And I believe through NFTs, uh, the technology that uh, was used in building my shirt can be used in uh, getting you a similar shirt or something uh, unique uh, in your own country. And it's going to be through NFTs and cryptocurrencies. This is the technology we are talking about. So, and uh, another point for Jonathan, we are going to be having a conversation on cryptocurrencies in the iGaming space in Africa on the 30th, uh, together with Albert Clement, who is from Coin Gaming. So I'll uh, be happy to have you join in as a speaker in that session. So that's an invitation. So guys, uh, thank you for joining this session today. To all our speakers, uh, I do not take the time you have had to listen to this conversation for granted. So I thank you all, our panelists, our speakers. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you again. Just a reminder that this session was proudly sponsored by PCN Africa and BitCasino.io together with SportsBet.io. BitCasino.io is a casino betting platform. It's online that helps, that enables users to bet online uh, on casino games through cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. And uh, sportsbet.io is a sports book that allows users to bet online through cryptocurrencies. So thank you all. And uh, have a lovely evening. And I look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.